Hello and welcome, welcome, come in, come in, please take off your spandex coat, I think that was maybe never a thing, uh, won't you please partake in a, a, a wide assortment of snacks and refreshments here, we have some, uh, uh, it looks like some triple power push pops, ooh, okay, uh, and perhaps you would like a, a, a an eggplant parmesan chef witch fresh out of the microwave and still stone cold oh but don't worry if that is uh if that is unappetizing to you we do have some dr pepper hubba bubba cherry gum mm. oh god uh if, uh if that's all unappetizing perhaps you could wash it down with some hubba bubba soda uh, um oh uh for dessert we have funny feet and fat frog mm. Interesting. Anyway, Ian, are you hallucinating? Yeah, what's going oh, on here? Oh, no, uh, I see what I see now. I've just checked uh, the docket in. Friends, we have been teleported back to the 80s where oh. consumer food uh, consisted of things like sizzling, the healthy bacon. Um, oh, wow. So, uh... <laughs> It was all inedible, and I'm afraid that we are uh, <laughs> uh, stuck in a hellscape of neon. Uh, why, 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 why? 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 I, I ask you, why? Yeah. <laughs> because. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because we're we're doing the uh, the Slumber Party Massacre, guys. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, uh, yeah. Right, it's Throwback uh, Thursday. Throwback Thursday. Right. Yeah, there it's Throwback Thursday. Yeah, that's right. We're in the 80s, 1982. Whew. The Summer Party Massacre, Throwback Thursday. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I'm trying to breathe. There's just so much aerosol. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Oh, God. <laughs> How else is my hair going to be big, guys? Yeah, Come right. on. Yeah, right. It's grown three sizes. It yeah, won't yeah. stop growing. It won't stop. I need help. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let well, me well, tell the people who we are. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, who who have you jumped into this horrid time machine with, friends? But uh, it's none other than I, Ian. I'm Ben. And I'm Matt. And we're your hosts of uh, Stream Theory here at Too Many Flicks. Uh, if you are a first-time listener, then welcome. If you're a returning listener, hello. We love you. You are very dear to our hearts. The way that we do Stream Theory and what we do on Stream Theory is we take some sort of streaming property. So that means you can find it on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, uh, the, the, the spectrum of streaming services that are available to you. We take a single property from said services and we distill it through our patented Too Many Flicks Stream Theory Crucible. That's not the right verb for crucible, but that's what I'm doing. And uh, the way that we do that is we examine said streaming property as the good, the bad, and the remake. Now, that means we collectively, under the good, crowdsource six things that a streaming property does well 
Then we scoot on over because we have to acknowledge everything has faults, nothing is perfect, so we crowdsource six things that a movie could have done better on in the bad. And then after the bad, we move on to the remake. When Hollywood inevitably recycles this story in five to ten years, we have to say what we would do differently if given the chance to remake said streaming property. And then at the end, we go ahead and we give it a grade because, you know, ah, how else do you measure merit in this cruel world and so we go ahead and we uh we could give it stars that makes sense but we don't do that no we had to make it a little more complicated so at the very top of our grading system you have must watch self-explanatory you gotta fucking watch this thing you should watch it now what are you doing turn this off go watch the damn thing just below that uh you have it's an on the list what does that mean it's on the list it's in your queue you got a must watch in front of it self-explanatory right as we come towards the middle of our grading scale, you have something for the background. What does that mean? It's, you put it on, it's inoffensive, it, you can do chores to it, homework, entertain someone while you're busy. Something for the background. Coming to the lower side of our grading scale, we do have the I would rather, wherein we, your hosts, have to say something we would rather do than put ourselves through the turmoil of watching said streaming property again. And at the very bottom of our grading scale, the very dregs, the just that nasty scuzz that's at the bottom of the bag of chips. That's actually a bad analogy because I love that fucking cheese powder they put down there. Um, but the, the worst on our grading scale is a kissing booth. And uh, if you ever watch the kissing booth, you'll understand why. But that's like, it used to be Artemis Fowl because that made like an actual joke. And then we found a movie that was worse. So it just didn't seem right to keep old Artie there. So now it's the kissing booth. That's our worst grade. And uh, God, what, uh, what, what are we going to go ahead and distill through our very rigorous scientific process this week, gents? All right. Uh, guys are doing the slump oh, party. We already said. It's okay. I'll break it down even more. So the summer party Please. massacre. 1982. Uh, it's directed by Amy Holden Jones. It's starring Robin Still, uh, Michelle Michaels, Michael Villella, uh, Brink Stevens. The screenplay is by Rita Mae Brown and uncredited by uh, Amy Holden Jones, the director. Uh, I threw this aspect in there because I think it's hilarious to throw um, in certain movies, especially this one. The budget of this was $250,000 USDA. That's prime US American genuine dollars. Uh, cinematography by Stephen L. Posey. And the description goes like this. A female high school student slumber party turns into a bloodbath as a newly escaped psychotic serial killer wielding a power drill prowls her neighborhood. Yup, that, that's the description. Uh, and that is the that Summer is. Party Massacre mm -hmm. of 1982. All right. <laughs> so I will say, uh, adjusted for inflation, the 2,500, it's equivalent to about uh, 674,300 or so. Fuck. So still not the biggest budget we've ever seen, but, you know. That's a budget, though. That is definitely, that is like a, uh, that's a, that's a. Uh, healthy that's a hamburger helper sized portion mm -hmm. of a fucking for, for this yeah most definitely for this definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. i hope crafty was fucking amazing it had to have been had to have been lit just like five like star steaks every every day on set uh all right who wants to go first for the good <sighs> ian i feel like yeah. you should go first because i know i know that you've got a good stance on this Mm. I, I actually, uh, this film surprised me all. I, I, if you all have trouble crowdsourcing goods, I can help you come up with a few. 
Uh, first things first, I will say that uh, what this film does really well in my eyes, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it's not an exploitative film because that's exactly what it was designed to be and that is what is it is shot as and it works but there's a lot of fucking feminist stuff in this film that i think gets lost in later slasher fix flicks down the uh down the decades i found myself surprised at how a lot of the complaints that i had with like women in scream or like friday the 13th or something like a lot of that is null and void here. So I think my first good is going to be that the women in this film are smart. The women in this film are smart. When there's a psychotic killer that has only a power tool as their weapon, these women circle up with a bunch of weapons of their own. They are never in a hiding place unarmed. They are always like prepared to try to tackle the killer. There is there is a fair share of like, oh God, no, because it was the 80s. But also, like, a lot of the times, like, I, I was I was shocked because I remember watching other slasher flicks from later. And it's like, why are they just running? They're in the kitchen. Grab a knife. What are you doing? There's none of that here. There's a little bit of that. But there was much more of like, oh, there's a killer and he's got a power drill. Okay, yeah, I'm going to grab a fucking steak knife. Like, I appreciated that. I think that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. Although, um. And I'm I'm gonna save this for the bads, but I I do ultimately feel that that was overshadowed by some of its uh, 1980s genre sins that it falls into. However, sure. I will agree that given the way that other 80s slasher movies were before and were afterward, it is good to have female characters be little more than like it's better they're not damselly like they are yeah they're framed as damselly but like their actions speak very contrary to their uh helpless framing yeah i mean it's better it's better than like you know shelly duvall in the shining who spends the majority of her time just abjectly screaming Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so i i yeah I can I can concede that even though I'm still grumpy about it but right that's okay yeah. y'all that can later. be grumpy I I might die on this hill we'll see we'll see how uh passionate I'm feeling about it but this film surprised the hell out of me and my first good is that the women are smart yeah I I will I can go I can go next in terms okay, of go good for it. um I think the initial the initial kill in this movie, this is something Ian mentioned and it got me thinking. The initial kill in this movie does a really good job of setting us up for what is going to happen. Um, and it's interesting because it happens in broad daylight. It happens like, you know, I mean, it's like in a van, but it's like it 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 bucks a lot of trends in terms of the way in which it happens. Um and it's a good startling moment because you're just you're not expecting it to happen then and there. Um, and yeah, the use of perspective in that kill is really what got me too. like wh- how they choose to like frame and where like the camera's perspective is at what point. Like there was one moment where we go into the victim's perspective for a second. I was like, oh, that's actually kind of effective. I yeah. like that. And it's it's interesting because they're they're essentially showing their hand from the get go. There's no mystery as to mm-hmm. like who this person is. Like there's no, you know, they they don't do the thing that other horror movies do where you like see the signs before you see the person. Instead, it's just kind of like bloop. 
have a murderer, mm-hmm. um, which is, I, you know, it's interesting. It's not how necessarily I would write it, but I will say mm-hmm. that in terms of that first kill, it's a solid tone set. Um, and it gives you the understanding that like, hey, shit's going to jump out of places you're not expecting. So be yeah. the fuck ready. So, yeah, that's my first good. All right, right on. Uh, my first good is this movie is very self-aware, and um, mm-hmm. it, it, immediately you know what this movie is, and they don't take any time to get there. It's like, this is happening now. It's like, right in the first five minutes, like, this is now. Okay, you've seen enough. You know where they are. Uh, there's a killer, and this is him. There's no mystery. It's It's happening. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't work, but in this instance... It works. I think it works pretty well. Um, they just got down to business. Yeah, there's business. a little like, bit of like hand waving. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, they cut the shit. They don't add extra fluff. It's just like the movie's called Summer Party Massacre. What the fuck do you think this is going to be? And is it like, <laughs> yeah. right. like it's right. just like, it's silly. It's ridiculous. We understand it's silly and ridiculous. Um, I, you know, a part of me kind of wish they would have leaned it into it just a little bit more but i mean i could say that for the sure. bad but yeah i you know i i think immediately getting into it, it having us invest in it immediately into the the horror of it all and uh the insanity of it all i think was a pretty smart move uh i could definitely tell that maybe they left out some stuff and this is probably like a fifth sixth draft and they were just like we can get rid of a lot of this <laughs> just like yeah maybe you're right he's like i think we should just get down to the killing is like okay and it works out i think it works out for the best so that's my first good yeah hell yeah mm-hmm. uh my second good is actually going to be themes because this was an exploitation film it didn't have to have any sort of thematic justification for its exploitation especially back then it was like you know like the trend but this this film actually has a lot of like thematic justification for what it's doing which surprised the fuck out of me Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do have a bad that I want to circle back around in terms of like dissonance, uh, what's going on with the framing of what's happening as opposed to like the text of it all. Uh, but th- th- I was surprised that this film was as thematically strong as it was. Cause I guess I expected it to just sort of be a dumb slasher thing, which on one level it truly is. But I, I was uh, struck right away that in the very first like minute of the movie, and this goes to y'all's good of like this film not wasting any time. It just gets down to like what it's about and what it needs to do. The very opening bits of this movie is like, ah, this young woman is taking her toys and her childish things and she's literally throwing them away. It's about like a w- young girl becoming a woman and what that feels like and looks like to a degree. And then... The themes, and this is where the dissonance comes in, but I was struck. There was one moment where we get just a nice, there are several moments where we actually see the killer in this, uh, in like really good lighting and stuff. Like he's never, like he is sometimes hidden, but sometimes he's also very, very well lit. And there was one particular shot that I revisited because I was just so confused. It seemed so hokey. And it's a shot where he busts through a door and he like, comes in and the camera like focuses very heavily on his face and his eyes are very wide and very accentuated with makeup like uh, it's meant to look like bags but it is very clear that they wanted to highlight and accentuate his eyes and i was just sort of curious like what the fuck was the purpose of this and then y'all i did watch this movie like three times because i was interested (laughs) uh there seemed to be a lot of thematic connection between like the transition from girl into woman 
and then also like male gaze and sexualizing of the female form. And I, I, I want to sit down and like dissect this a little bit more. I don't want to take up too much time, but thematically this film has more going on than it deserves to. And there is some dissonance with its framing. I'm not going to sit here and argue that. But thematically, this movie was saying a lot about male attention on women's forms and women's agency in those matters. And it's, I thought it was really fucking cool. I, uh, so thematically, I think this film is way stronger than it has any right to be. And that is my second good for Slumber Party Massacre. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address that in my first bad um awesome actually because i want to i want to talk about that more but we're still in the good so i will circle it's back tough, around i know to that. yeah um oh man um and i've got i've got a bad that connects back into that good you know like yeah. i don't think they do it perfectly but yeah. i think given its peers like it would be unfair to mm. like not acknowledge that it does way better than a lot of its peers even if it is not as strong a movie Fair yeah, I think that is I think that is uh, worth noting. Mm-hmm. Um, shit. Okay. Um, for my, I might change y'all's minds by the end of this. I'm just saying. I'm oh coming man, for you. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't hold your breath on that, but okay. I know. I know. Um, fuck, dude. Okay, my second good. Uh, um, I I feel like. Part of the problem, right, is that as as Ben said, like we know exactly what this is, you know, and this movie knows what it is. So like you can't really hold it to the same rigors that you might something else. You know, it's like, you know, there's no point in picking apart a movie like this in the way you might pick apart something like fucking There Will Be Blood, where mm-hmm. you're like, you know, there there's different different intention in terms of like what people are trying to get out of this. This isn't a piece Definitely. of art. Um, I will say this. There is a surprising amount of humor in this film mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I feel lands well um and and that was and and so this is actually so this film was originally supposed to be a satire it was originally supposed to be something that was a send-up of the slasher movies Mm -hmm. um and i really wish it had stayed you see the bones of it there are moments that are like funny and the fridge sequence the fridge sequence exactly where Mm -hmm. she just keeps fucking opening and closing a fridge with a corpse in it and not looking into it and it's like this is that is like actual fucking comedy mm-hmm. and so it's like there are moments like that that land really neatly um and i think that that is a i think it's a it's it's solid and refreshing because otherwise this movie would be in my opinion like borderline unwatchable because of how stupid it is like I, I feel that if it didn't have that sort of moments of humor in it that kind of like yeah yeah we know like we're aware mm-hmm. You know, because that's what that kind of humor is, is just kind of being like, yep, this is dumb. We are all on the same page. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I it, it keeps it grounded in a way yeah. that other much more self-serious slasher films, because like, I'm sorry, man, Freddy Krueger is fucking ridiculous. It is. But it's rarely played for comedy. Like he says quippy lines, but it's not like funny 
until you like know? later into mm-hmm. into like later sequels, I think they start leaning in that. But yeah, you're absolutely well, right. Well, once first, I like, mean, yeah, couple, once they yeah. realize that he's not scary anymore, right? Yeah, they're like, just, all right, I guess he's a comedian now, right? Um, yeah, just a stand up doing fucking bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think yeah, yeah. I think the humor in it is is nice and refreshing for yes, other, you know, because there weren't really There's other like movies this. of that era that were doing stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That nothing was like quite like this at all. Uh, very Cabin in the Woods feeling, except for maybe like the second mm-hmm. uh, Evil Dead. Evil Dead was kind of yeah. We were talking about like Evil Dead one. It's like campy but not goofy, mm-hmm. and then Evil Dead two and Evil Dead three. They're just like all right, yep. Like let's okay. go batshit crazy now. Absolutely, which is always the delight. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So uh, that's a good one. And my second one. Uh, geez, I had it. And give me two seconds here. Oh, I like the the point the POVs, the point of views here, um, and how they shift. So you think it's gonna be the 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 story is gonna completely and utterly revolve around the main character um, of this show, but they switch that up on you, and it's the girls that have been uh, shitting on her this entire time. They focus on them, the majority of the movie. And it's yeah. it's very interesting how they shift that perspective. Um, and I didn't really think about it until like right now. I was like, oh yeah, that is kind of cool that and neat that they kind of duped you a little bit, uh, a little bait and switch of like, oh yeah, she's getting picked on. Oh, she's a new girl in town, so we're gonna probably follow her, and she's gonna have to eventually save these girls. And no, you don't. It it adds an element of um of I think unpredictability that it's kind of cool he's like where is she what happened to her and you know and they switch back and you're like oh okay and it kind of it kind of neatly ties in at the end to where you're like oh that was really cool and how they work together and, i agree mm-hmm. spoiler alert yeah. they kill the, the the bad guy i'm sorry this is the slumber party massacre it's been out for well over 30 plus years yeah i think 20 <laughs> some years is yeah that. yeah yeah i think you guys are, are good to know the uh the spoilers here but yeah um yeah it does it really does fit well it's very interesting it's very bold of them too to to do something like this this to change up the perspectives uh of the characters and i i kind of i kind of dig it like, and i think it's really cool mm-hmm. yeah, and they, i i hate to do this but to come back sort of thematically to why i i do love this film is that like the film starts with like young girls mm-hmm being petty and rude over stupid silly stuff and by the end they're working together and they have like yeah conquered this villainous creep i don't know i i like this film y'all i don't think it's great i'm not gonna sit here and defend it but like i like this shit better than fucking any of the friday the 13th i've seen i like it better than that shit it doesn't fall into the trap of making the girls the bad girls the the bad girls and the good girls the good girl Mm -hmm. yep woman young woman pardon uh they're high school in the in the film. The characters are high school, which is like a whole weird thing. It's so yeah. it's something that you see in like a lot of older movies mm. is like you'll have people who are supposed to be fucking high schoolers and it's like dude, you are obviously 25. Right. Yeah, exactly. the actors like, are certainly women, but yeah. it is yeah, kind of they, weird cuz it's like they are like exactly. 18, 17 yeah. year old high schoolers. Are they kids? Are they? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they don't. They don't fall into the trap at all. They actually make you empathize and sympathize with the with the the, the girls who are being kind of bratty. Um, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, neat little trick, and it can go mm-hmm. unnoticed because it's such a silly fucking movie. <laughs> so mm-hmm. this stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, dude, it's literally a guy in a denim jacket chasing people around right. with an oversized battery powered drill. I mean, that's the thing, though, you know, like, they're not being subtle about their themes or their tones, but like, Mm -hmm. 
it's an exploitation movie. I wouldn't expect them to either. Like they could have just as easily had him just be a generic fucking slasher guy. Yeah. But no, like he's carrying around like what is very obviously a fucking phallic representation. They literally cut mm-hmm. his penis in half. Like not yeah. literally, but like at one point in the film, they make a point of being like, ah, this symbol of masculine power. Clink. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, they, they do like, not. They do not literally cut his penis in half. Yeah. This is no. like fucking audition. Okay, like, right, yeah, I yeah. had to. I had to amend my my statement, but like metaphorically, like, metaphorically, yeah. Like, the, the, I don't know. Like, of course he's dre- in. Like, he's dressed in a denim jacket and he's got the shirt. I want to add just slide in a, a a secret third good for me here. I'm so sorry. God this damn it, is cheating. The speech that he gets, the moment in the living room where the killer has his speech only reinforces those themes that I was talking about earlier. Like, this is about unwanted male affection mm-hmm. and, like, the fucking creepiness of it. And, like, we get a moment to just sort of, like, the director's like, hey, like, I'm going to try to frame this as fucking creepy as possible. I am in a genre where my voice as a woman is not typically respected. Yeah. I'm going to make you, I'm going to try to make you my mostly male audience empathize with how fucking creepy it is to be like, this is all about love. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, right. Like, that's fucking good, man. That's, yeah. I'm I, I going to piggy, piggyback Ian on that and say that all the men are in, in this are fucking creepy and disgusting. Yeah. Every I will say I don't like so. that. I don't like the that they don't. And this is part of where my bad is going to come in with the right. dissonance of tone and whatnot like the young boys are never condemned for their creepy no. sort of voyeuristic shit like no but the you film can tell never takes time to do that you could definitely tell there's a parallel between the killer and those boys yes and even the neighbor to some extent like just not ever being comfortable around them mm-hmm. yeah yeah th- that's the thing you are yeah. never comfortable when a woman is alone with a man in this film Absolutely. and again for the fucking time that this film was made with a woman at the fucking lead, like the film industry has never been kind to film directors who are femme. Mm-hmm. Doubly more so back then in this sort of genre. This film kicks fucking ass. Right, oh man, right. you give Let's it the- so much more credit than it deserves, dude. Contextualizing it in the times is important, I think. I sure, but also if we're segueing into bad, Go this ahead, is a film. It. This is a film that so falls to the sins of its genre. I mean, it is like sure. it's all well and good for you to stand there and say, like, you know, oh, like this film has all of these themes, but then also we're just treated to these fucking shower shots where the girls are just it, like it's so unnecessary. one shower shot yes and it's just because it's an exploitation film I but, but, but the continue. thing is that it's like <laughs> it, it didn't need to be and i wish it had stayed full satire i wish it had i wish it because i think that it is ultimately all of those things all of those themes that you're saying are weakened by its end product they are weakened by the fact that it went from being obviously a very smart thematic satire and then they took that and they were like yeah but what if we like didn't you're presuming that that's her choice that well, that no, she had was, all no, no, the no, no. executive producing power and the money to get this made the, i'm just the putting original, that out there the, no 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 i'm not presuming that i am pre- I, the thing is because i read up on this this original script was written um and was rejected by the producers because they were like, people aren't going to like this. And then mm. basically uh, the director 
was a new director and wanted to do something, asked someone like, hey, I want to direct something. What can I do? And they said, oh, well, there's this film. If you make this as a straight horror film, you got it. So basically, the elements of satire were intentionally, willfully carved out to make space for the dumb horror stuff of the times. Mm. And and I yeah, find that's that, exactly what I've been saying. Yeah, but I find that I, disappointing. You know, I want it a, to be valid. a. That's valid. I, I I feel that the satirical elements are the points it makes are weakened by the fact that it is still at the end of the day itself you know it's sure it's i'll like, take i'll take this yeah. bad this next bad because that is my bad is that the dis the dissonance in tone between the text and the framing i agree it doesn't it doesn't serve it perfectly i don't think this is a perfect movie i don't think that it's a trash fire which like has been sort of the tone of our of our overarching sort of like attitude towards this thing i think that oh, it is way better at all actually than we want to no, give just it credit it's mediocre. for I don't think it's yeah. I, I don't think it's don't think like it's terrible. I just don't think it's yeah. like amazing, you know? That's yeah. fair. I don't think it's amazing. I think it's a cut above mediocre. It feels unfair to say uh m- like uh, uh mediocre just because of the fact I I I'm going to stick with the bad here. Okay. The bad is that the themes of the male gaze and the uncomfortability of it 100% are undercut by the framing of the characters. It is very much Megan Fox in Transformers 1, Mm -hmm. you know? Her character is super smart, she's super savvy, she's a cut above the male mechanics or the mask mechanics in the rest of the film, but you never really get that because the framing of Megan Fox's character in Transformers 1 is so objectifying and male gazy. Yeah, Yeah. there's definitely... large element of that at play here that being said the shower scene that you keep harping on is one of the few moments where like the women are completely nude and it is a little gratuitous but it's also the only time that women are completely nude and alone together like they are comfortable with themselves and their bodies being exposed because there are no men around are there two times when they yeah there's also a shirt changing scene when the guys are peeping Oh, thank you. That's but not a shower also, scene, though. I was no, it talking is not, about. It is not a shower scene. It is not a shower scene. But it is Sorry. a scene that has nudity, gratuitous un- nudity, un- unnecessarily so. I mean, dude, the camera movements in the shower scene are absurd. It goes. I know it goes down to her butt as she's cleaning down to her butt. butt, back up and over. Like they make like they make little arches where it's like, look at the butt up and look at this person of look one at her person butt, up and look again. But look, fam, like, I'm not here to say that that's not part of it. We literally came in saying it's an exploitation film. <laughs> like, I just I, I just am. I'm less willing. You're to mad at a things. at a young new director who had to concede to producers to get a project made. I'm and not, like, I'm not, I'm mad, not ready I'm not to fault at, her for that. I'm not mad at I'm, her. I'm mad at the film for having those things in the first place. Look, man, you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you got to make some shitty stuff, even if you don't want to. It's not her fault. However, it is the fault of the film because it wound up being fair. printed and then shown in theaters. So the films the I will, I will not expunge the film's sins just because it was a new director. I feel like... That is, I because I feel like ultimately that is a disservice because this should be treated to the same rigors that we treat other things. Even though I said earlier that it shouldn't, that be. we can't treat it like the other things. Yeah, but I'm, I'm actually, I'm changing my mind. I'm changing <laughs> okay. my mind. I'm okay. bringing down the hammer. I feel right. that 
I mean, within the context of its genre, right? You can look at things within the context of their genre. And I think it's way better than most of its peers. I'm, maybe. I just think give it's... Me, give me two exploitation films that you think are thematically I just stronger think, than this, I, and I'll thing concede. Is, dude, but like... I, just, I just think that you're creating a specific genre in which you can nestle it safely. Calling it, saying, oh, it's just an exploitation film. Exploitation mm. films are a sub-genre of horror films. Horror, as a whole, has way moved on from this. Yeah. We are we are so much I mean we have movies like fucking Get Out and mm-hmm. uh fucking Midsummer. Mm. So I just I feel that like yes, okay, this is a product of the 80s. This is an exploitation film. But we've learned to do better and I think it's important for us to look at it from Absolutely. our modern perspective and not just be like it was the 80s because I mean, That's how, but that that way I have to go look at Star Wars and be like, oh, this is and you really should, bad. and yeah. you should Absolutely. because it Why? is. There there are moments where it's pretty bad. There are moments where uh, Han Solo is uh, very, uh, lack of a better word, sexually assaulty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wasn't talking about actions. I was talking more so about like the way that it looks. You should. Yes, oh, you're not right about that. Why should we not? Like, why should we not? Like, that's fine. Because I'm, my bad, you're, it's like Sorry. it's like asking why ten thousand years ago, like why did they spend all their time walking around when we have wheels today? Mm. Like why weren't they rolling ten thousand years ago? It's like Star Wars looked good for its time. And to recontextualize Star Wars today and be like, look at how bad this is. Like, I mean, sure, but like, it's sort of like criticizing someone for not having tools that they couldn't have. Yeah, I actually, I kind of agree with you. But we're not, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about film tech. I'm not talking about visuals. We're talking about themes and feminist themes in a rather patriarchal time in American society. Sure, but I just think that if you're gonna because, talk about it, you gotta like fully. You gotta look. We gotta look at the big picture, and not just like I don't know, man. I I I'm think sure that, that I'm I sure think that we're are, both right in different right. ways. I think yes. they, I think there are. Honestly, this is getting real heated. It is. I think there are. Yeah, I don't I love mean you. to be heated. I'm sorry. I'm just. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, ben. I just talked That's over okay. you. Please no, go. No, Please no go. worries. I, you know, I, I didn't think the slumber party massacre would, would get like this, but uh, <laughs> I did not either. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I love it. This, this is great content. Um, uh, and this is what we strive for at uh, Too Many Flicks: an open, honest discussion. But I would say that there are feminist, strong feminist movies of this time, even with the limitations that they had and what they could and could not do. So so there is a case to say like they still probably could have gone further. I you know, it's again, um we know the background of how they got this made, da 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 and we know that they're under constraints. The studio wanted to just to make it a pure horror film. We get that. However, if there if you can compare and say, well, it was the eighties, there's still in the eighties some really strong, powerful fem like uh fem led feminist movies. Um, You're right. Yeah, I would like to point out that if you Google feminist movies from the eighties Slumber Party Massacre ranks as number nine it's on not, the list. It's not, it's not, again, I'm not saying that it's not. It has those really cool elements. It does it have really those does. themes. Even, it does have those themes. I'm not themes. saying that at all. I'm They're just, just overshadowed by, by in, to me, they are overshadowed by its sins. Because and I it would also be nice if, you know, uh, any of our listeners who happen to be fem presenting, go ahead and watch this movie. I would love and to hear that. Wait, yeah. Please weigh in because we're three fucking men up here being like, this isn't that. It's like, we well, our opinions are valid. Don't get me wrong. 
but I would like to actually see it from that perspective too. So, so that part of the reason that I stuff. did yeah. rewatch it a third time was because mm -hmm. I told uh, a woman friend that I was watching this. She watched it and texted me about forty-five minutes into review time. Oh, this is feminist as fuck. Oh, there you go. I mean, and I, so like, and that's just everyone, her opinion. She doesn't speak yeah, for all for women, everyone. but like that is why I went back and re-examined it. I was like. Yeah, I kind of got that. And so I went back two more times and re-examined it and was like, I like this, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think both, I think all points are valid. I I'll take the second bad. All right, the, the, my first bad. Yeah. Go Jesus, for it. This, this fucking devolved for a yeah, little no, bit. I, I think you guys are pretty respectful. You got a little <laughs> we have, bit. No, this is great. Passion. Yeah. That's passion. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so mine won't go so much on theme because I, um, I think there are good and bad parts of this theme and it's also dated and... Um, could have been better, yeah, absolutely. But it does hit these moments that I think are genuine and should be called called out for being so. However, I'll talk about let's talk about the aesthetic of characters and uh, maybe mm. visuals. So let's I will talk about the killer. Mm. Um, I love first of all. So it's gonna be kind of a good bad. I'm sorry. I'll, I love it the happens. fact that he looks like an everyday fucking dude. Because mm -hmm. everyday fucking dudes are creepy as fucking shit. I love that fact. However. I would have loved for them to frame him a little bit. I'm talking about camera wise, a little bit more creepier. Um, I would have liked a lot more hidden shots. At when you kind of show him in the in the daylight, I I do appreciate that in those moments. But I think you could have gone for a little bit more scares. I think the scares could have been. They like do reveal him bit. very early. Yeah. Yeah, I would have maybe waited. I think yeah. it would have been kind of cool to see. Oh, this dude looks like a regular ass dude. After, yeah. You know, after such a like maybe like the third act. You see him, it's mm -hmm. just like, this dude could have been anybody. Um, and that would have been fascinating. Just a couple of more like creative scares. And I get they're probably working with limited time and schedule or whatever, but I would have just loved him popping out more. And like, uh, almost like the tracking shots that they do are the, um, I guess it's more of a steady cam. I imagine, I don't know if that was a, a thing in the 80s, but I'm, or something akin to that with yeah. Jason. Um, in the Friday the Thirteenth movies, and like um, also the Halloween movies, where you're just seeing the perspective of Jason and stuff like that, I would have actually appreciated mm. that a little bit more with this uh, character. Uh, more mm. POVs of just like spend him more moving. time in his view. Yeah, like, absolutely, absolutely. That point of view would have been really cool. Make and the I think villain they the male it. gaze until yeah. it's the mirrors turned back, and you're just like, it's just a dude. Right, absolutely. Yeah. What if, absolutely. what if, like, it had been the neighbor? Yeah, know? that would have been cool. Too. I thought that was gonna be the thing for a hot minute. I was I, like, okay, because yeah. I honestly yeah. like I, I would be remiss because we talked about this in the lodge so much. I would be remiss if I didn't just reiterate, hey guys, um, it's not cool to like make your bad people just an escaped mental patient. Right, yeah, absolutely. for no yeah. reason, you know. That, that's a downside too. For sure. Just being like, he's crazy. He'll do anything. He likes to, uh, you know. No. Yeah, it would have been a lot stronger if he was just a regular ass dude. Just, just the fucking... yeah, just the neighbor who you're like, I don't really trust you. You seem nice, mm -hmm. but you also seem kind of weird. And then it's yeah. like, oh wait, no, you're really too weird. Right. That's what makes serial killers fucking terrifying. Maybe yeah, even, yeah. Especially it's... a man too. Just like yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. So I think that's a that's something I would have liked more of. That's kind of a, a, a con for me. Um, all right, uh, Matt, yeah. what you got for your first bad? Oh, second bad, I think. Second, yeah. Oh, second bad. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> my, my, there's, I, yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna come down a little bit, and all I'm right. gonna say the music was super generic. It it mm, just mm, sounded yeah. like every '80s horror film 
where it's just kind of like, (laughs) you know, with that like kind of synth that almost sounds like it's going meow or something. It's like meow, meow, meow. (laughs) And it's like, you know, like. Yeah, I feel that. Definitely. It is kind of takes you out. The thing is that there are so many good uh like fucking the theme song to Halloween slaps. It's it so good. Yeah, and the like ticka 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 and it's just like so unsettling and unnervy and uses a lot of the same instrumentation that 80s synth that was all the rage, but it's just not like it's just on a different level. Whereas this music, I didn't really feel like there was any sort of musical theme. I didn't really feel like there was any sort of because you can use music to help you tell your story. Absolutely. And and I feel like the music was just kind of like... An afterthought or something? Kind of, yeah. Like, they yeah. just kind of put it on. And um, and I think that that is a, uh, a misstep for it. Because yeah. it's just a little like... And I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and, you know, it's, it's, sound design is hard and, and scoring is hard. I, I get that. But I feel like they went to a lot of trouble to make this soundtrack when you could actually just not have a lot of it and just do like ambient noises. Like, and you didn't even have to have most of it. Like, hey, we need someone to do the score. I'm like, yeah, you did it. And now it's distracting as opposed to like, mm-hmm. you could have like saved some of that $250,000 uh, and just like done like noises and just like yeah. ambient noise, just make it creepy and stuff. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with that, Matt. That's a good point. I'm, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, my second bad would be my frustration with the fact that the only woman of color that I can remember in this film is <laughs> by far and large way more sexualized than any of her counterparts. Oh, my uh, God, And I yes. wish that they had gone in one direction or the other with everybody. Like, either have her, like, because everyone else is still sexualized. Like, you know, all all the white girls are wearing, like, you know, baseball jerseys with, like, short shorts or something but she's just in like a half see-through night slip pretty much 60 percent of the film yeah and i was like okay like that's not great i really wish that like again you either went full direction one way or the other with everybody that's like you know you know what i mean <sighs> to be honest i'm surprised that she was even in it I, yeah even i mean in this thing. here's it's the still thing bad. like i didn't want to set that to bar that low but like i was kind <laughs> I of like oh hell yeah like we have someone that's going to be a person of color in this film uh, that's yeah. kind of actually part of like the group like yeah, they have yeah, a yeah. character name that oh and now she's like right. pretty much <laughs> nip city half the time also okay. also her character is like ridiculous more absurd than the rest that scene where 100%. she's like where the the guy's dead on the pizza box and the one girl's like he's so cold and then she's like is the pizza cold and like pulls out the pizza and, <laughs> and the other two girls have the very legitimate reaction of being like what the fuck and she's like what what like food makes me feel better and like starts eating pizza the box of which has had a dead man's bloodied face on she mm-hmm. like opens it up sets the box on his corpse and just starts like fucking mainlining pizza I and it's decide just if like, i liked or didn't like that like i did that, think that was really fucking funny i think that's one of those moments that's like genuinely fucking funny but it's right. also in the context of this one character who yeah. is like it's like any if it had gone to any other character i would have thought that movie was like fucking brilliant but mm-hmm. it's like because it is the the like 
over-sexualized woman of color who is also then summarily killed off. And and she's not, I will say, problem, she's not yeah. the first to die. Um, yeah. yeah, again. Which, again, yeah. is a low bar. Like, I know. We recognize I, the bars the on the floor. The but... This is like, and this is the problem when you're talking about 80s slasher films is yeah. that, like, the bar is more of like a, a crack in the sidewalk that you could trip on, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah. that's the mm-hmm. bar is like, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, really that's great. It means that we've made leaps and bounds in 40 years. It's a shame yeah, that yeah. we still have so many leaps and bounds to go, but. Absolutely. Yeah, but. I, I did find myself conflicted between being like, ah, I must set the bar this low and also being like, ah, oh, that's how you're gonna meet the bar. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's difficult to. It's a throwback Thursday. It's so interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> true. True. Uh. Okay. Yeah. So, I guess me. Okay. Cool. Um. I am just gonna tell it like it is. The acting isn't that great. No. Uh, no. It's, no. Not. it's no. just not. You know what I mean? Like it's something that you also expect from an '80s film. Um. I think the oh God because you can say that, but then also like. Al Pacino and Robert De Niro well, and, were and around. Like all of the, the like, yeah, all of the 1970s <laughs> family dramas that came out right. prior to this that set the right. bar for acting. Fucking Meryl Streep. Meryl like, Streep. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Dog Day Afternoon. Kramer versus yeah. Kramer. Yeah, I can yeah, yeah. and will go on because that is weirdly my favorite genre Absolutely. of films. That that being said, these are masters at their craft. These are Absolutely. a bunch of young <laughs> folks who were yeah. like, were on the scene. Like, I need a job. I need a job. Yeah, I need yeah. a job. Like, <laughs> and that you know you're attractive, so. Uh, but I gotta, I gotta be honest. It ain't good. No, <laughs> just, no. Just, no. Just, you're 100 percent right. It's it it's, it's a glaring aspect of the movie. It's still fun. It all it kind of makes the movie a little bit. I'm not gonna sit here and lie. Oh, if they like, were if they were dead faced and actually good at this craft, like yeah, I think yeah. this would have been a lot less fun. Yeah, yeah, the fact that they were just really bad. Uh, I mean, again, they're not working with much because the dialogue isn't great. Right. Um, the thematics are really cool, but this—if we're talking about the script in itself—it's just not. It's it's not good. Uh, so an actress also is only good as the script and vice versa. I, I'm sure a more competent actor in the in this setting would have probably struggled too um and i don't think they were that seasoned so it's it's expected not making an excuse but it's not good so that's one of my bads uh yeah. my second bad is yeah. just there, terrible acting the the there's this weird dynamic between the and we've already talked about how like all of these girls who are supposed to be like in high school are definitely in their mid 20s Mm-hmm. But the like the dynamic specifically between the older sister and the younger sister, mm-hmm. where I'm like, y'all mm-hmm. kind of look like you're the same age. And, I know, yeah. and <laughs> neither of you actually look young. I know. The younger sister definitely could have gotten away with high school pretty easily. High school, Easier. yeah, but she should have been Easier. the top. She should have been yeah. the like top level, you know. Mm-hmm. But they didn't cast children for children unless they were like children, children back mm-hmm. then you know right exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah but the acting a, is not yeah. good but again nah. right like if it had been super serious it it wouldn't have it yeah. wouldn't right. have been as fun it wouldn't have felt as good absolutely so uh all right with that being said i think we've all rounded out our uh talking points let's get down to the reboot when this movie is made soon <laughs> like i'm sure it's coming around the corner my guys like i'm <laughs> positive of it 
And I'm not even joking. I've, I could definitely see Slumber Party Massacre. Like, I mean, if they're going to try to like remake Black Christmas and make yeah. it uber feminist, like at least this, like the groundwork's already there. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, who wants to take the reboot first? Uh, I'm going to give it to Ian. Ian, you're you high on this movie. I, I, what would you do? Uh, or a reboot or remake of this film. Uh, so I do really, really appreciate, again, all the themes that are there. I would double down on the themes. I would absolutely cut back on the nudity because I think mm -hmm. that this was sort of fulfilling, you know, those late night fucking CD movie theaters where you'd go in, like at 11 p.m. and with a group of friends and buy beers just to like watch skin flicks or something. For a second there, so I thought you going to say you go by yourself and just jerk off. Just <laughs> fucking whack it in the theater. No, yeah. God, no. Oh, God. Um, just go all Pee Wee Herman on yourself. But this this was right. definitely like those grindhouse movie theater sort of aesthetics. You know, like that's what they made this movie to be shown in. Uh, and right. so I would I would sort of cut back on the skin a little bit. I think there's something to be said. First of all, I probably wouldn't direct it. I would produce uh, mm -hmm. just because I think this is a film that deserves and or requires a, a femme perspective on it all, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, if they allowed me to be part of the creative making process at all, it would be that we keep those themes there. We have at least one of the young boys survive because I want to show them learning and growing and being like oh shit that fucking peeping tom voyeurism shit that's fucking uncool and gross and have that tie back into the final confrontation with our killer i would honestly keep the killer just about the same uh ben i really liked your note that like maybe they showed their hand a little bit early maybe he's a little bit more clouded in darkness mm -hmm. until that that monologue that i spoke about and we get mm -hmm. just a real good look at him and that's what's so unsettling is that he is just an average joe mm -hmm. um and again, I would sort of uh, not make, oh, he's a crazy part of my uh, my marketing stuff. I think not to defend it because it is problematic. Uh, and this was just a problem with media in the 80s in general. I think that was very reactionary to the string of serial murders that were happening in California at the time mm -hmm. and how people really couldn't just do anything else except rationalize. Like, there's no way a member of society could blend in. Like, these people are just crazy monsters. Like, mm -hmm. I think that it suffers from that, undoubtedly. And I'm glad that we are doing the work to unpack that and destigmatize mental health stuff because it is a shameful, shameful lacking on uh, our society's part and how we treat folks who are struggling with their mental health. Um, so I would I would downplay like, you know, oh, he's crazy bit like, and I would just sort of have it, I, I don't know, but like I would keep the killer relatively the same sans like hammering away that he is like that way because of his mental illness. I would maybe bring in uh, the messages that young women receive from the media. So I think nowadays you couldn't not feature the media in this story and the messages that they're sending young women. Mm. And uh, I would keep it all relatively the same. You know, maybe a few less white people. In fact, 100% a few less white people. Mm -hmm. uh, make it more representative of like what the world actually looks like. And uh, yeah, that'd be about it. I like it. Word. I, I, like, I, I, I like the runtime. I thought I was going to hate it at first, yeah. but like, they get right the fuck down to it. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, they, <laughs> they tell it. a story. Yeah, that's exactly. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, I think horror is. films are best when they're like tight. Tight. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So don't give me a three hour horror film, bro. I, I, I'm not doing that. Mm -mm. Sometimes uh, they can work, but it, you got to really it. work. You got to be good. You got to be good. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, I'll go next. Um, Please. 
Okay, so I would... A lot of these elements do work. I would not get rid of the nudity. Actually, I would um, have it not played up for over-sexualization and just mm -hmm. there. Um, so, not, like, you know, no, no one wears any clothes is what you're saying. No. It's an entirely <laughs> new film. No, 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 not an entirely new film, but just, like, a lot of the times, and this really pisses me off, and I'm sure a lot of other women, um, that uh, breast and the female bodies are sexualized and there are a lot mm -hmm. of times when like even us as men we just fucking look normal as fuck just their dick hanging you know what i mean like it's just it's a normal fucking thing letting just, the body just just be. let it be a thing even in a uncomfortable or ugly way mm -hmm. um it doesn't have to be over sexualized i think that'd actually be kind of interesting um and have maybe uh a trick of thinking that it is but it's not or like have people peep a peeping tom but it's just like Taking a shit or something and make it a complete list, like <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, I just um, a complete satire, just go full satire, or mm. or instead of satire, just make it just lay into the comedy a bit more. Um, keep it tight, I like it. Um, again, everything I suggested with the killer, um, yeah, uh, let's see, obviously, a, a tighter script, too. Um, actors who can act, but like can ham up the cheesiness as well. So that way you don't lose some of that rawness that the women had who just couldn't act. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'll keep it relatively the same. I may make it a version of it just because, you know, I'm a, I'm a black person in America in like a black neighborhood and they try to call the cops and the cops just don't come out there. No one is buying it. No one cares. So they have to fend for themselves. Mm. Uh, that adds an extra element of just like, we call the cops. How long has it been? An hour. They don't seem like they give a shit. So now we have to put take matters into our own hands. Um, and then maybe at the end, they kill the guy and they get arrested or something like that because that's the way the law enforcement works. Um, and also it could just be anyone. Anyone on the street. No one pays attention because it's in a black neighborhood. I think you could do something like that. That would be kind of cool too. So, mm. Yep. That's, uh, that's how I would remake Fuck, it. Fuck. He could be I love a cop. That. He could be yep, a cop. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. that would actually tie in perfectly die. with what we know nowadays about mm -hmm. what was happening in fucking California back yeah, then. I That's mean, fucking. Yeah, yeah, dude. What if, yeah. Keep it like, set in the 80s, by the way. I think, I think that's, that's part of my remake. It's got to be. Yeah. I, I agree. Same, same with, because, I mean, you just strip away the technology to make it easier to, you know. First of all, I, yeah. I like it, yeah, when they don't the, put limitations on what they can and cannot do. Yeah. 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 yeah, what you got, Matt? I think, um, like you, I'm gonna. I would like to see this in full satirical regalia. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically, though, I would want it to be along the lines of Cabin in the Woods, which is mm -hmm. brilliant because it is both a satire, a send up of horror films, but also like a very effective horror film in and of mm -hmm. itself. Um, and I feel like that's difficult to do well, but that is what I would want from this: is something that would utilize its capacity as a horror film to talk about certain themes within the genre of horror um, while still being a horror film because one of the benefits of that is that you can subvert things. You can build up to expectations and then shift it away. Um, mm. God, one thing I really didn't like about this movie is how many fucking unnecessary fake-out jump scares there were. 
There was yeah. that period yeah, yeah, where that, it was, was just like, what yeah. is this? Oh, it's the cat in the closet. What is this? Oh, it's this guy. And it's just like, <laughs> we get it. Just like, I fucking I was it. also, I would like to be like, what the fuck is this dude doing hunting snails with a butcher knife? Also, mm-hmm. can I just <laughs> say, can I just say, snails are fucking beautiful, cute creatures. Yeah. Fuck that dude. He deserved to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He I didn't feel too to bad about thrilled. that at all. No. Yeah, I was like. Yeah, no, yeah. that's like a fucking that's like a fucking psychopath move. Like, <laughs> I, I enjoy killing the snails because they harm my garden. Fuck off out of here. Go mm-hmm. get drilled. You deserved it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit was I, I, got, I got like it, I no, I got rationally mad at that. I was furious. So I, I would just say keep it. Keep it like keep it set like make it satirical and amp up the horror and do that sort of interplay wherein you have a commentary about, um, much in the same way as Cabin in the Woods, like the flaws of the genre and like how can we address them and make it really like, you know, make it a piece that is actively working to comment on it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's that's my, that's my basis. These are all great reboots, guys. Good shit. Good shit all the way around. All right, let's get into the rating system. This will be fun. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Uh, God, I think it'd be better. Uh, God damn it. I'm happy to jump in and go first if y'all want me to go first. Okay, go ahead. Go first, see. So I I am at a split decision here because I recognize two things. I recognize that this film hasn't aged perfectly. And it requires some contextualizing, but I, I still think that it is a pretty rad fucking film. If you are someone that is just a casual moviegoer that is not interested in dissecting like thematics and stuff like that, and you just want a story told to you, this is probably going to be closer to like, I would rather eat three day old pizza or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Ian, as like hypercritical, anxious brain that like, loves and eats that shit up and is like okay like what were they trying to say what could they say back then and how did they say it ian would put this easily as uh, something for the background or something on the list like i i i enjoy it that much to like like i'm not gonna go back and re-watch it a whole lot more like if someone ever asks me to put on something campy i will but this is easily something for the background, and if you're really interested in like diving into those themes and stuff, it's on the list. Okay. And that's that's Work. how I feel about it. Work. All right, Matt, what you got? What are you, what are you putting this? Oh, I um, I think for me this sits squarely in something for the background. I I think it is. Um, I don't think it's. Again, it's not terrible. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't. It it didn't do me any harm watching it. I didn't get. You know, apart from the dude killing snails, I didn't get mad at any point. I didn't feel like I was cheated. You know, I got what I was anticipating getting. So for me, it's going to be, I think, something for the background. Turn it on. You'll you'll watch some people die while you're playing video games or making (laughs) making a salad, whatever the fuck it is you're doing. Just, you know, make sure that you're hanging out with peeps who are aware that they might see a butt. So, like, don't, you know, I'm saying don't watch this at your parents' house unless Mm. they're, like, cool, you know? (laughs) They're the Um, cool parents. Yeah, the cool parents that are all about them butts. Come on over. Um, Have a beer, why don't you? It's okay. (laughs) Don't drive anywhere. Yeah, don't drive anywhere. You can stay right here. Would you like to look at my pictures of butts? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Come into the butt gallery, why don't you? Butt gallery. Yeah, butt. There's a butt. Everyone's a butt. Okay. Everybody's got one. Why not enjoy them? Um, <laughs> For real, though. Get out of here, mom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> please, mom. Please, please stop. You're embarrassing me. We have finals. We're just studying. We're just studying. Yeah. <laughs> ben, I gotta know where do you land on Slumber Party Massacre? Dude, it's on the list for me. Absolutely swear on the list. Um, I think it's a good Halloween movie to watch around the season, just with a bunch of friends. Um, have a couple of drinks. It could be in the background too, though. I I feel y'all on that. It toes a line. It definitely oh. toes a line, and I think it's about what you're looking for and what you want to get out of it. If you're looking for something dumb, pass the time with some really cool thematics, this is pretty. This is not. This is a solid film. Like if you, if you had like a list of like, oh, we're going to do like 31 or maybe like 31 horror films each day. We're going to watch a horror film or like we'll do like seven days where we count down to, to Halloween. I, I would say definitely throw this on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if it's a year round movie, but like just for the fe- like festivities and also just like, Christmas. You could, definitely Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. Slumber Party Massacre. But like just for the season, just... If you want to have like a drinking game and like just enjoy yourself and laugh at some of the goofiness and actually mm. sit down and dissect it, I think it's on the list. Um, on the list, on the cusp of in the background because it's actually surprisingly, I it it's so neat and so quick that it doesn't make your ass itch. Fifteen twenty more minutes of this, I would have been like, oh god, I don't know. Yeah, but the fact that it's in and it's out, it's immediate. You know what the fuck it is. They don't try to draw out any unnecessary dialogue. It's just like, dude. This is dude in dim jacket with the fucking power drill is gonna kill these fucking people. You're like, all right, let's let's ride. Well, let's and get before into I knew it, it the movie was over. Before yeah. I knew it, the movie <laughs> yep. was over. No, no cream needed for my itchy ass or anything. It was, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, my ass crack remained unitched or un <laughs> unirritated. And that's that's uh, so, yeah. that's a testament, folks. As someone <laughs> yes. who is very familiar with when Ben's. A- ass itches and does not itch mm-hmm. as our <laughs> listeners will know that's a testament yeah right <laughs> yeah it was pretty good i it had a fucking good time it, it made it put a smile on my face uh, still though there are a lot of issues a lot of issues but for the most part it handled it pretty well so yeah it's not a party massacre on the list for me all right, yeah, so uh, that is it for the Summer Party Massacre. Uh, this was a heated, passionate debate about this movie. It's really worth a watch, I think. Um, I didn't think I was going to come cap yeah. this hard for this film. Like, I you didn't think I was. I'm so sorry, but, like... No, don't be sorry. No, That's it's cool, man. We content. all... No one no one started yelling. There were no right? names called. No Everyone kept off. it cool. We both... We still well, love each other. It's all good. Right. I'm pretty sure that when we chose to do this movie, I was, like, the one that groaned the hardest. Yeah. Mm. Which is just the fucking irony of it all. I was like, oh, we're doing... There's, like, other stuff we could be... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, fucking yeah. Ian eats his words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ian, I don't know if you'll eat your words on this one. What, what movie... Are we going to be reviewing mm. next week? Yes, Ben. Next up on our docket, we are actually taking a look at Atlantics. Atlantics is a 2019 film. Uh, it was billed as a supernatural romance drama mystery thriller. So it's got a lot going on there. If you're interested, you can find Atlantics on Netflix. Uh, so that's pretty groovy and accessible slumber party massacre for those who are curious was on shutter uh i should have mentioned that at the beginning but that's what's next up for us uh rounding out the 
spoopy season with a good old supernatural movie from Senegal. Nice. Nice, nice. nice. Hell yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, um, why don't we uh, go ahead and get this outro out the way? Uh, uh, Matt, why don't you tell the people who you are, where to find you, and... I have one. Go ahead. Yeah. What is your favorite horror movie murder implement? Oh, okay. There you go. Mmm... That is a good one. All right, everybody. My name is Matt Frost. You can find me on Facebook as Matt Frost. You can find me on Twitter, where I've started tweeting again ever since I had to sit through the fucking debate as uh, mm. Frost Creative. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram as Spider and B, like the tattoos on my arms. And uh, you can also find me at my email address, uh, mfrostcreative at gmail.com. I am the editor and uh, co-producer of this podcast, and we've got some other podcasts coming out that I am very excited about. I cannot wait. Uh, and on top of that, I am also a writer who's writing several things, uh, some of which will hopefully see the light of day very soon. And, Real good, uh, y'all. My favorite murder implement. Yeah. So, what's your favorite? Okay, so we're gonna do. Horror movies. So here's a question. Is it iconic or can it just be like anything? I don't think it has to necessarily be iconic. If you saw a really tight murder in a horror movie that stayed with you, like, I think that's fair. You know, like, maybe it was a frying pan. I don't know. I have always been a fan of axes as mm. as a murder implement. Um, they are very ominous. They're, they're ominous, but they're also... Um, it's just funny because, like, I have split a large amount of wood in my day, and I'm very comfortable around an axe. And uh, I do not think about murder most of the time when I'm using one. Uh, mostly <laughs> I just think about chopping trees and splitting wood and then when i right. see one in a in a horror film i'm like oh right that would hurt a lot yeah, um, would. and there's just something about them it's specifically it's always that shot right of like it's the lower shot of the murderer's feet and the axe is like dangling next to it oh, yeah and i know exactly what you're talking about and you're like oh shit everyone's gonna one. get fucked up <laughs> yeah um, they drag it on the floor yeah. Oh, that's the best. yeah you... oh and that sound of like yeah yeah yeah, that's a good one. That, you know what's surprisingly very good, shit. too, that not too many filmmakers use? Uh, mm. Scalpels. Scalpels mm. are mm-hmm. fucking deadly sharp. I, and just like you might like The Void, because there's a little bit of that in The Void mm, that I just... Yeah. Also, also the use. movie Audition, which I honestly cannot recommend mm. to anyone, because Takashi Miike <sighs> is too mm. fucked up. It's on my list. I want to mm. check it out. It I like is... But I, um, it's like, imagine gore porn, except it's not the porn, it's just... Very upsetting. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. I am am not a fan of slashers. I'm more of a supernatural uh, horror guy. Same, same. Same, same. Real quick. Can we hold so I can go pee just real quick? I'm so sorry. I've been holding it for so long. Yeah, wet yourself. Wet yourself right now. I ran out of diapers. (laughs) (laughs) Please cut that. Oh, God. (laughs) I cannot (laughs) promise that at all. (laughs) 
Oh god. Oh man. Oh, oh do man. I do I take that out or keep it in? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm on the, on the side of take keeping it in. I, I think way. it's too good. I think it's way too good. That's funny. Yeah. I got a yeah, I got um got him something for his birthday. I'm trying to get it for. I got him a Nice. Guy. I fucking love those. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to see how I'm going to get it to him. Yeah. Amazon because I fuck Amazon, but at the same time, because like, what what it. are you gonna do, man? <laughs> right, no, this is like fucking Amazon. All right, Ian's back after uh, right. after having changed his diaper. So mm-hmm. <sighs> no, I knew it was gonna make the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fuck. I'm sorry, Ian. That was too good. It was too good. <laughs> oh man. Ah, yeah. There Blackmailed goes your, there, myself. There goes your 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 <laughs> carefully crafted cool guy image that you've been building up. I know. Oh yeah, so carefully and pristinely <laughs> crafted. <laughs> Not a single crack in the edifice until now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. Clap, y'all. Yeah, let's get back into this. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right, you're back. All right, good to have you back. <laughs> I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Mm -hmm. Who's next? I'm back. All right. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Ian, who are you? Where can the people find you? And what was the goofiest death you've seen in a horror film? Mm. Oh, fuck. That's a good one. Uh, my name is Ian Gabriel Gonzalez Muntiner. You can find me on Facebook as Ian Muntiner. You can find me on Instagram as ZachNinja888. Or you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I already did that. Twitter as SirYikesALot at BabyGotNack. The goofiest horror movie death that I've ever seen. Oh man, and I've watched some fucking, I've literally been watching horror movies this whole month. Hmm. Okay, I watched, and I think I talked to you two about this, I watched this uh, Polish horror movie called The Lift, mm-hmm. uh, that is about, it, it was from the 80s, and it is about uh, sentient killer elevators. Um, oh, this is awesome. And uh, yeah, the, the there are a few deaths in there that definitely rank <laughs> rank pretty high. Um, if you have Shutter, if you've been following along on our journey here, please go check out the lift. It is stupid and so worth your time. Um, yeah, yeah. Get Shutter. Get Shutter. Uh, and Shutter, we're we're promoting your shit for free. Come on now. Give us Come that on now. Help Give us, us some out, love. Yeah. Give us some love on this podcast that you definitely want to be associated with. I swear to God, we don't talk about diapers every time. Every time. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't, it it was definitely just this time that that made the cut. Yeah, it was Mm. never before. Never before. Mm. Have I had issues? Never. With... Ian's, Ian has never pooped himself once on this podcast. That is a never. guarantee. Mm-hmm. Haven't had the need to. Yeah. Yet. Ian hasn't pooped since he started this podcast. He is right, very yeah. sick. Please give us money. <laughs> very. Yeah. He's not. <laughs> he needs <laughs> medicine. Please, please right, give right. us money. I am in bed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't go further with this analogy. It's just going to get gross. I know. Yeah, too yeah, bad. Yeah. Too bad. That <laughs> might get cut. That's pretty rough. <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> I appreciated it though. Fuck it, it's in. All right, uh, it's in. <laughs> yeah. No one is spared. Everyone dies. Let's go. <laughs> Nothing survives. <laughs> um, did you actually answer? Oh, you did. So, what does the, the the elevator like murders people? Sorry, what was the question? Oh well, I said uh, 
the the elevator like I I didn't I didn't actually oh. process that. Yes. Uh so the lift has several goofy deaths. There is an elevator beheading, there's an elevator uh cooking, there's there's plenty of elevator shenanigans. And okay. so Hell yeah. as I struggle to think of the goofiest, I would say that that's probably the pool from which I would draw. Pretty fucking solid. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Right on. Ben, who are yes. you? Where can the folks find you? And what, pray tell, you gave me such a good one. Have you done what your first horror movie was? Ooh, I don't think we have. Okay, yeah. Yeah, what was your first horror movie, Ben? All right, all right. Uh, oh, damn, this is gonna be this is gonna be tough. What was my first horror movie? We can just say that you remember, like. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, my name's Ben Jenkins. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. You can find me on Twitter at BT Jenkins ninety one. You could find me on Instagram at Benvolio ninety one. Um, and if you're trying to cast a brother and your casting director, you can find me on my website at Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. Um, all right. So my the, the first horror film that I remember. Poof, that's a that's a toughie. Um I'm sure I was fucking terrified to go to sleep, whatever it was. Um jeez, that's uh been what was it? What was it? What was it? What was it? Was it? I, I remember the Final Destination movies. Now I'm sure there was something mm before that but that's the one thing that's coming to mind um being one of the first vivid memories of of horror sure um and it being terrifying to me because anything could happen and i just like already extremely terrified as a young kid just that that really spooked me that spooked that me a is lot. a film that caters almost exclusively to hyper anxious people yeah i feel like absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it really does yeah, it's a pretty You remember that corner of the table though. that's near the yeah. like crack in the sidewalk that you almost trip over? Oh, mm-hmm. you, you split your head open, you're dead. To fucker. this day, I do not drive behind trucks hauling logs. With logs yep. and shit? I'm yeah. like, I'm <laughs> just like, nope, I will do anything <laughs> to not be behind you. And it is because mm. of that movie. That's effective, yeah, though. Yeah. Oh, mm. you know what? Actually, The Birds. The Birds was actually one of my first. Uh, Ooh, Hitchcock's the that's birds, a yeah. classic. Uh, it's still good. That movie's terrifying to me. And it's just fucking birds. <laughs> just like, it's such a good movie. It's a good movie. I, I actually uh, think that The Birds is Hitchcock's best movie. I think so too. It's yeah. my, one of my favorites. It's so fucking Definitely. good. And it's because it's, it's because he doesn't fucking wrap it up neatly with a bow. The way no. I always describe it is I like nine tenths of every Hitchcock film. Right up until mm-hmm. the end when like some rando comes in and is just like, mm-hmm. oh, let me explain. This is what this was, and that is that. Right. And then it's like, oh, cool. Well, thanks for making it so I don't have to think about it anymore. Right, you're right. Thanks, Alfred. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly have enjoyed that movie, and it always stuck Hell with me, yeah. and it made me fucking terrified of birds for a good couple of months. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Showing uh, that to a kid, that would be tough living in Florida, no less, where the seagulls <laughs> are fucking ballsy as fuck. You can get away with it too because it's a relatively clean movie. Um, my parents loved it because they were they're of they were of an older generation, so they were like, "Let's just all watch the birds," and I'm like, "Yeah, let's do that." Uh, what could kid, go I'm wrong? Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't have done this. <laughs> That's really funny because I have a similar story yeah. with Aliens. Yeah, that's yeah. probably the first Oof. horror movie that I remember. Ooh, that's rough. And That's a rough one. 
And this kid put it on at a sleepover, and I was like, oh, aliens, kind of like E.T. or something, I bet. Like, he didn't bother to tell <laughs> yeah, me that it was a kinda, scary movie. Kind of like He didn't bother to tell me it was a horror movie. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine E.T. No. E. busting in out of someone's stomach? <laughs> oh, I just remember, like, being so confused. One of the first scenes in Aliens is, like, Ripley having a dream where the cat is hissing, and her stomach is bulging, and she's screaming, and I'm like... Where are the Reese's Pieces moments? Like, right, where's yeah, that? Like, like where's the shed? Can I just say, though, that adds a, a supreme element of horror when E.T. goes up to Elliot and goes, I'll be right here. And no! touches his stomach. <laughs> right, not his stomach. He doesn't like put him in the belly, chest. but it's his heart. Yeah. His heart. Why does he say yeah. stomach? And then he just reaches <laughs> into his stomach. No, Jesus. E.T. Right. <laughs> e. is a fucking terrible. I, if you're. That should freak me out. It also freaked me out. I was really scared to watch E.T. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, yeah, I was not. Uh, uh, well, with that being said, that is a wrap for this week's stream theory, y'all. I hope you enjoyed it. There's a lot of cool discussions here. We'll, we'll continue to bring some spooky stuff next week, um, rounding out our spooky season. Um, and then we'll do something for the holidays or something. I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, all right. Well, again, guys, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure uh, that you vote. If you got a ballot, an absentee ballot, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep harping on it until it's fucking the election's over. I don't give mm -hmm. a shit. Keep harping. Because uh, it's very important because democracy is on the line. And I know this is a movie podcast, but again, you know what this is if you're listening and if you return to listen. If this is your first time, well, guess what? This is what we do. Make sure you get your fucking ballot in. Make sure you get it on time. Make sure you follow the rules. Make sure you put it in the right mail uh, envelope. Um, and if you do go in person on November the 3rd, make sure that you are socially distancing, washing your hands, and make sure that you have a fucking mask on because you want to be safe. Uh, make sure you vote for democracy, the right candidate, not the greatest candidate. Actually, I really don't like him. But guess what? He's going to save, at least put a Band-Aid on uh, the shit that's gushing out. And you're like, Ben, that's a lot of information, okay? You want me to do all this stuff? Yeah, I absolutely want you to do all this stuff. But how am I going to watch all these movies thinking about democracy probably ending uh and terribly and then being locked up and we don't know what's gonna happen well hopefully it doesn't happen hopefully the polls are right and hopefully you get to the fucking voting booth and don't worry about the movies don't fucking worry about the movies because we got that shit that's what we're doing here mm -hmm. we we have the ability to multitask not everyone does that's fine that's why we started a podcast and that's why we love doing what we do we have heated discussions about the slumber party and we know for sure that you will tune in to be like is it worth the listen to guess what it is and you should because this is too many flicks and we watch all the flicks so that you don't have to hey friends thank you so much for tuning in again to another installment of stream theory we really hope you are enjoying these we really love making them for you we know that we have changed up the segments and structure of the episodes a little bit we would be so curious to hear your feedback. Also, maybe we haven't covered something that we should cover, or we just haven't talked about something, or you disagree with some of our opinions in these stream theories. Whatever the case, however you want to reach out and interact with us, you can do so on our social media pages. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as too many flicks with a number two at the beginning and an X at the end. You can also find us at our Gmail account, which is too many flicks.chicago at gmail.com. We are also working on revamping the Patreon, getting a bunch of cool, new, fun ideas and merch and rewards up there for the people who do help us out. 
over there. A huge shout out to you all. You're fantastic, especially Natalie Cole, who has been there since nearly day one. All of you mean the world to us, and thank you for your support there. But we recognize that these are crazy times, so not everyone can support financially. Doing something like commenting or liking or subscribing on whatever platform you're tuning in on means its weight in gold to small podcasts like us. And finally, we know that it is an absolute madhouse out there, and there are so many more important things that require your attention at this time. We just hope that we can provide you with a little reprieve, a little solace from the madness that has become our world, because it certainly functions as that for us, and we're happy to share that. We just want to finish by saying, it's crazy out there, we understand. Please wear your masks, please wash your hands, Black Lives Matter, and stay safe. We love you.